Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Smetty here. Tom Brady needs to stop making everything about himself. Am I right? Welcome to yet another edition of Golden and Smetty. Jess, we are getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl out here in Arizona, where I feel like I'll be hosting. Uh, everybody, even though I'm a little bit away from everything, but uh, it's getting close to that time. A lot of football to talk, but a lot of other things going on out there. How are you doing? I'm great, Mike. I actually have uh, something that I think we need to discuss first before we talk about the championship weekend and the Super Uh-oh. Bowl. Uh-oh. Um, I heard that you've you've been an asshole to your family lately. What? What? what where, where are you hearing that from? Oh, are you talking to Sydney? <laughs> I have been talking to Sydney. Oh, God. Tell tell everyone the game you've been playing with Sydney that you've been a sore loser about. Allegedly. I have no idea what you're talking about. You mean Uno? That? I do mean I do mean yeah. Uno. Yeah, we, we play like uh, <laughs> on the phone Uno, me and Sydney and Chris and Sydney's husband, Ben. It's one of those you don't have to be in the same room doing it. But yeah, she rolled us last time. It was bullshit. She was somehow cheating. I don't know how. But she's somehow cheating. They're getting some stuff redone in their house here. They live about 15 minutes from us again. Ben is in med school. So they're stay- they've been staying with us for the last week. So So you're sitting all you're all in the same room on like different chairs playing Uno on your phone and you're just cursing everyone out out loud. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah they, okay. Everybody says I'm a sore winner and I don't understand that at all. That is exactly what she said. She didn't say sore loser. She said sore winner. Yeah, which so. one I don't understand. Listen, you know, you work hard to get a victory in things, so what's wrong with celebrating said victory? You know, I d I don't I mean, you know, it, it's like in baseball. When you hit a home run, you're supposed to just keep your head down and run the bases. Man, why can't you celebrate a little bit? It's not easy to hit a home run. It's not easy to win at Uno, right? So you got to celebrate the victories when you can. To be honest, I do kind of agree with your perspective because my family plays Monopoly Deal. I'm not sure if we've ever discussed that on this show before, but it is the card game version of Monopoly. Um, I've moves, never heard of that. It's fantastic. It moves a lot faster than Monopoly. Like oh, that's you good. can play right, which is the slowest game on earth, and most people don't even really get the rules because it's so tedious. But the card game, it moves a lot faster. The games are like 15 minutes long tops, and the objective is to collect 
uh, three sets of properties, but then you have like money, you can steal cards from other people, all this stuff. So there's a lot of shenanigans and I'm the best at it in my family. And we played all weekend cause my folks are in town and it was not pretty for them because I am a humongous sore winner as well. Oh, so, so we're alike, right? Yeah. I hope we never play cards against each other because I yeah. don't think that would end well for this podcast. That could be brutal. I, I, so this is a monopoly that, that has to do with thievery and, and, yeah. And kind of the underworld. So and you're so you're good at it. I'm I really good. Yeah. I'm really I'm yeah. ruthless. Some people, what, you know, a lot of times when I'll teach someone how to play it and it's their first game, you know, maybe someone other than me would go easy on them. But no, I'll steal all their cards like I'll and I'll do anything to win. I don't care. Wow. OK, I respect that. You're right, though. Us competing against one another would be very, very, uh, very difficult. We, we need to be on the same team. I agree. Boy, that would be. Could you imagine like times two us talking shit to everybody if we win stuff? <laughs> wow, that. Would Although be, it would be, be fun if we ganged up on Gojo and Sid and beat them at something because well, they would not handle listen, it well. We would. When we were in Connecticut, when I was at ESPN, we lived like five minutes from a, a putt putt course, and mm -hmm. we used to go all the time. We we loved it. And at one point, I know Mike was talking about this on on his pod and Gojo. Um, at one point, all of us in the family owned the course record for our age group. I mean, that's wow. how that's how much we played there. But I mean, by the third hole, if Mike was sucking, I mean, he once threw a putter into the Farmington River. <laughs> it, it, the, the course runs right along a river. It's very pretty. And he hoisted his putter into the river. Yeah, I respect he, that. Yeah, he, he does not not he his fuse is short. And when shit ain't going right for him, man, he blows up. It's hilarious. And then all you got to do is like egg him on a little bit, you know, which sounds like you'd be good at that. God knows I do it. You just you just twist the knife a little yeah. bit when things aren't going his way just to see him implode on himself. Maybe we can carve out some time to do some putting while we're in Scottsdale. We'll, we'll see. That might be a, a fun side quest during Super Bowl media week. We may have to try some of that. Yeah, mm. that, that would be interesting. But mm. it's getting close. Before that, though, um, listen, we got championship games to talk about in Super Bowl, but it's going to be so much talk about it. We got the Pro Bowl coming up this weekend. And for the first time, it's like not going to be an actual game. We have seen this game deteriorate into basically flag football with pads on. Now they're going completely flag football. And Jess, I've always been one of those. Every year people bitch about it. And I say every year, don't watch. It's still, <laughs> it, it still rates, you know, it still rates decently. That's so that they're putting it on, you know, TV. Obviously, contractually, they have to put it on TV. But I would say it's just like bowl games. When people complain there's too many bowl games, don't watch. Don't watch I it. I agree. I think, I mean, I don't really watch it on TV, but I will often see things that get clipped and put on social media and, you know, people will tweet about it and some things will go viral. And this has only happened recently with the different skills competitions and things, but it's fun and it seems like everyone's having a good time. And like, as long as no one's getting hurt, there's like a lot of fun things you can do with players. So I'm glad they're branching it out now. Yeah. You were reading some of the some of the yeah. events to me. Can you tell us some of those? Because yes. one involves water balloons. I 
don't and, know what it, that's going to be, but it's, it's all like, very weird. It's like little little kid carnival games or something. It's like but, the Nickelodeon CBS yes, show turned yes. into a, a long event. That's exactly game. right. Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously the flag football game, which there may be more contact in that game than the actual Pro Bowl, the way it was run. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, that'll be such a high-scoring game. And then they, they do dodgeball again. So, you know, who doesn't love a great game of dodgeball? Have you ever played dodgeball? I mean, I played when I was in, like, seventh grade with those really soft balls that can't yeah. actually hurt anyone. That game gave me anxiety, though. There, there is no more anxiety-inducing gym game than dodgeball. Yeah. It's, so we play dodgeball. We play kickball uh, as well. And, and then it, it also, you know, I, I don't know when it changed because, remember, you would pick your teams and then – the kids that always got picked last were always, you know, bummed out about it. Who got picked first? Who got picked last? And I'm, I'm sure in society we don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm sure nobody picks in, in don't. Oh, no, we can't do that. Nobody can be picked last. We can't have that anymore. Uh, so I'm sure that doesn't happen. Uh, but we have dodgeball. Well, it happens in the NBA All-Star game now. Yes, it don't does. they still pick, like, LeBron and Kevin Durant pick teams? I, I love that. And, and they talk shit about it if you're, if you're picked <laughs> later. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. So we have dodgeball. Then we have something called lightning round. And, and one of the things in lightning round is the water balloon toss. I mean, everybody's done that, right? You fill up water balloons with water and you fill them up pretty high so they can break somewhat easily. And then you start at a distance and you toss it back and forth and you keep backing up until the last team has uh, has the balloon. I mean, I've done that. And, and there's the technique of when you catch it, you got to give yeah. with your hands. Cradle it. You know, cradle mm -hmm. it. Exactly right. So... Listen, it, I, I'm sure people are going to read that and say, how dumb is this? But I, I, I kind of like watching it. I, I kind of like, like watching this. Yeah, it, sh it should be dumb. It's not a real game. Yes, <laughs> The Pro yes, Bowl yes. doesn't matter. It's just, it's for fun. It's, it's for TV. It's for advertisers. It's, you know. Here's what's crazy is going to be the people that bet on all these. That's what's going to be amazing. <laughs> that is what's going to be amazing. Uh, and then we have um, uh, players will attempt to catch, catch punts from the jugs machine. Uh, then we have the thrill of the spill. Uh, players from each conference will aim at targets attached to a bucket hanging above the head of an opposing conference coach. So basically, oh, I'm you, interested in this yes. now. Let's bring that. Let's make the coaches do embarrassing yes. things. It's I almost think they like, got me hooked. Yeah, it's almost like the dunk tank, right? But instead yeah. of sitting in a dunk tank. There's a there's a bucket over your head full of water, I guess. Who do you who do you want to see dunked? Because obviously Bill Belichick, if he's there, like we gotta see him get he's dunked. He's the one, right? Pissed. Yeah, he's yeah. the one you want to see water dumped on. He will not, no matter what, will not. Like I don't it. even I don't even know if I can think of a of another one. He's that, the one. Yeah, yeah he, it's just you him. you want to pick some of the oh, Pete Carroll. You want well, I think Pete would kind of <laughs> have fun with it. I think he would too. Yeah, yeah. So we do that. Then you have then you have right up uh, your our alley here, not mine so much yours. Longest drive. You know, you, yeah. you smoke a drive pretty long. And NFL players, I mean, as I learned yes. at your, your golf outing this summer, they're just incredibly yeah. strong yeah. They with can the hit. driver. It's crazy. I also think, you know, now that I'm thinking about coaches I want to see dunked, the coach other than Belichick that I think would be the most pissed, and I don't think he'll be there, Shanahan. He does not want to get dunked. Oh, he yeah, he didn't want to get dunked. That's, I think that's why he wears a flat brim all the time. He's yeah. always afraid of, of water. He's features. still complaining about all the calls that went against yeah. him still, so he's well, still we'll, in a bad we'll mood. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we certainly will. Um, then quarterbacks uh, throw for accuracy. We've seen that. Then we have a best catch where players not only try and catch a ball but do it kind of in a 
you know, get judged in a flary way to catch the ball. Okay. Um, gridiron gauntlet showcasing strength, speed, and agility. Six players uh, to see who finishes first and wins three points for their team. The four Sounds like the gauntlet. challenge. It's a 40-yard dash, a series of breakaway walls, a section climbing over walls and under tables. It's kind of like the old superstars competition. When they would go over the wall and under oh, yeah. the... I don't know if you've ever seen it. This was way no. back when. No, but have you ever seen the challenge on MTV where they do all the... Oh, like, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like that, except probably minus all the gunpowder. I don't think the NFLPA would approve Probably not. That. I yeah. think this is more along the lines of those of, of my era who saw yeah. the old superstars competition. Hmm. That's what this is going to be. And I always like to do, watch that. And you got to get the kickers involved. So they're playing... Kick-tack-toe. Oh. Yeah, they need to get dunked, did you say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love kickers. <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> wait, so you have to, I assume, like, punt so, a ball onto a yeah. grid and try to each, get to, to... That seems hard. Yeah, each team's kicker, punter, and long snapper compete in a giant tic-tac-toe competition showcasing their skills. So basically the snapper obviously snaps it, I would imagine, too, and you try and get tic-tac-toe. So... <laughs> Not sure what the holder. I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. probably going to tune in for some of this. Yeah. So you, it's kind of like there's that um, there's that um, golf t- competition they have with with partners, and they do stuff where they're trying to hit it into a plate glass or trying to right. aim it. So I, I kind of like that. So these kickers kick the ball, punt the ball, and long snap the ball to try and get tic tac toe. And then uh, move the chains. I, you know what? I want I want a long snapper to go viral. I want long yeah. snappers to be more known. They're well, you see some of, the of them. Most, yeah. Like, specialized positions. It's hard to do it. We don't know any of their names. Let's bring the long snappers in. We don't. We only and, know them if they screw up. And isn't it amazing of how, and I don't mean to despair, I, I, don't, I don't mean this in a disparaging way to long snappers, but how do you, <laughs> how do you pick a long snapping a long snapper for the Pro Bowl. That's, I mean, there's there's I, a lot of times like players will have a vote, you know, players, fans, yeah, right. or however you want to do it. So I remember voting as a player, but how do you vote for a long snapper? How do you know who to, how do you like, yeah, that's the best one. Well, I always thought about how you decide in high school to become a long snapper because the guys who play D1 football and are long snappers, they know that they're playing that when they're 16 or 17 years old. Like you specialize in it early and you go to long snapper camps going into like the summer before, you know, senior year of high school. And then you pick your school. Like there's 16 year olds out there who are like, I'm playing D one football and I'm long snapping. And I think that that's just such a niche for. Yeah. And and listen, you get, and you get a free ride to college for it. Listen. So when I played, it was like, I'll never forget the NFL, Bruce Matthews, Probably the best, most athletic offensive lineman I've ever seen play, play tackle, guard, center, everything. He was the long snapper. When we did our test at the beginning of the year, it was a 12-and-a-half-minute run, which, by the way, is a stupid test. It, it has nothing to do with your football ability, and you have to actually prepare for a stupid 12-minute run rather than get in shape for football. It's dumb, but I digress. He would run it with the DBs. And this is a 300 and some pound offensive okay, lineman. Wow. Yeah. So he was the long snapper and it was normally old linemen or tight ends because the difference, Jess, was you could hit him. 
You used to be able to line up directly over the long snapper on, on punts and on field goals, and you used to be able to rope them. And we would line up, we'd line up each one of us on one of the shoulders of the long snapper and try and knock them back in, you know, to the holder or in a punt, knock them over and then rush straight through to block a punt. Well, that's changed, and I think that's yeah. why the position has changed. Now you get guys that are that know they're not going to get hit, so they're that it's really that feature of it used to be able to you got to snap and then you got to get involved in the play. Now you just got to make sure you snap. You're not going to get hit anymore. And then on punt, if you can run down and try and you know throw your body in the way of something, that's hmm. that, that's that's good too. Uh, but hey, more power to anybody who's getting a full ride for it, and can, they can do it in the NFL and get paid for it. Shout out Absolutely. to long snappers. Yeah, I'm with you. And then one of the last things I see, the old-fashioned, they call it move the chains. It looks basically like it's a tug-of-war. Okay. So, and who doesn't like to see a good old-fashioned tug-of-war, right? I do like, I do like a good old-fashioned tug-of-war. Yeah. Which do you think – now, some of these tug-of-war, obviously, is a team thing. Long drive. Now, there would have to, it would have to be other, you know, the women involved. Um, best catch um, – um, Are you asking what I think I could compete at? Yes, because dodgeball. I actually have an answer. Toss. I have an answer for you, Mike. Okay, which, which is that two? Well, I guess now three years ago, when the Super Bowl was in Miami, I went to the NFL. Uh, experience that they set up for all the fans where they have all the 40 yard dash set up and the like long jump and the high vertical jump, all that Uh stuff. And uh, the broad jump, that's what I was trying to think of. And I did all of those. And then I went and there was one where you throw the football through the tire while it's moving around. And Justin Herbert was um, entering the draft that year. So he was there on behalf of the NFL with, you know, meeting fans and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, it was interesting, so I was like, oh, well, like this would be great to get for my little video that I'm going to make for Sports Illustrated, so let me go up and like throw a ball with Justin Herbert. Right. And I did, and on my second try, I got it through the tire. So I think the football throwing through the tire thing, if it's only like seven or eight yards away, I can probably do that one. Well, I think the accuracy, I think there's different targets at different you know, level. I could do the closest one. So you can yeah. do, just, just load up on a yeah. lot of points and get it yep. through that one. Okay. Nice. Okay. Do that I, 10 times and I'm done. I think, I think I would go with dodgeball. I can't throw the pin would pop out of my shoulder and I get knocked <laughs> out of that game. Um, uh, longest drive. I got no power in my drive, so I'm not, not I'm not hitting it anywhere. Uh, certainly the, the gauntlet thing over the wall and under stuff, I could probably do it, but not in any kind of speed necessary to win uh tug of war i'm, I'm a waste i think you could uh, throw a water balloon at someone that's well the i could do the water balloon catch so mm-hmm. because i think i had to have nice soft hands yeah and i could i could you know give some give with it that's the one that i think i would go to to say that and I, you'd I, be I, a sore winner after you beat everyone. yeah i talk major shit try and spike <laughs> the winning balloon on the losing team break the water <laughs> like you're throwing a water balloon at them yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would. So so that's coming up this weekend. Um, again, I, I think it's fun to watch players do shit they're not used to doing. You know? Me too. It's always fun. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, just, a goldfish just, being out of their bowl. Exactly. Just remember, people, this is supposed to be fun. Okay? I mean, let's – everybody got their wish. There's no more game. It's a flag <laughs> football game. So it will be interesting to see what people find to complain about this time around because you know they will. Uh, yeah, there will you be You know something. they will. There will God. be something.
Always want to complain. All right, speaking of complaining, um, so when you finished watching these games, how much did you think about the officiating before you may have thought about the games themselves? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is probably an unpopular opinion. I thought that the officiating in the Chiefs-Bengals game was fine. I thought the call that mattered at the end of the game was the correct call. Uh, And I thought that the other egregious one that uh, Zach Taylor was annoyed and and screaming about was the repeat third down. Right, right. Which I thought was sloppy and it made the NFL officials look bad. But I also think that was probably the right move to get the clock right before they – called the third down and unfortunately none of the other referees saw the other ref running onto the field to try to stop the ball from being snapped so I didn't I mean I didn't think it was too terrible I what were what were your thoughts on that well first for everybody you know because the explanation took a while on that play for people wondering what the hell went on with the extra third down play yeah there was a pass play and it was an incompletion and the ball got spotted and the clock started to run. They were running the mm-hmm. clock. And the clock should the game clock should not be running after an incomplete pass. And nobody noticed it until not not the complete back judge, but one of the back I don't know, side judge back one, one of the judge, refs yeah. from the back, whatever. You saw him because they finally showed a clip of it, came running in really late Stop as the play, play <laughs> as the play was starting. And a lot of times, especially because when you see a play happen and a team rush to the line and they get a playoff, it can't go to review and blah, 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 and all that after that happens. So I think a lot of people were thinking, well, no, the ball snapped, so that play's got to count. Where, and I heard the official talking after the game saying, no, this official was coming in to stop the play, so no matter what, we're stopping the play and we're getting the clock right, and then we'll do that play over. So I get the explanation. You cannot like the ex- ex- explanation. You cannot like the fact that how long it took, but... According to the referees, and I haven't seen anybody dispute this, it's within their purview to to stop it whenever they see there's a mistake. And they happen to see this one kind of late. So what looked like an actual play running, we're like, how the hell did it stop? We saw that that official running in and stopping the play. So I didn't have a problem with that. And what people do, Jess, and and I know uh, all the old linemen out there, uh, former players, hate this as well. And me, even as a D lineman who, you know, always says the offensive lineman holds, and I do that jokingly a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I hate the fact when, when people when people tweet snapshots, yeah. when it's one snapshot and say, oh, look, he's holding. Why did they call that? It's ridiculous to do a snapshot of something and say, oh, yeah, there was a penalty. You can almost do that on every single Play. I think think people were saying on that run by Mahomes, there was holding by the tackle and they did a snapshot, and there wasn't. The tackle was still in front of him and he even had his arm out. And I mean, 
I, that that stuff drives me nuts. But that call against Joseph Asai, listen, that was the right call. And I know people are saying, well, earlier, uh, Chris Jones looked like he roughed the quarterback and they didn't call it. Listen, I don't know what to tell you. Some, I think sometimes they call <laughs> him too quickly. Uh, right. Sometimes they call him inconsistently. But there was no doubt that that call on Joseph Asai, you know, and I know people say, oh, swallow the whistle at the end. You don't have to. But that was... He was two feet out of bounds. Yeah, two he was feet out, out of bounds, and he got shoved. You know, I I don't see how you can't call that one. I think the frustrating argument that is being made sometimes with those types of calls is like you can't make that call and decide the end of the game. But if the ref doesn't make that call, they're deciding the end of the game. Either yes. way, it's it's a critical play at in the fourth quarter setting up field position for the Chiefs to kick the game-winning field goal. If you call it or not, you're deciding what's going to happen. Are we going to go to overtime? Are they going to yeah. attempt a 60-yard kick or a 45-yard kick or whatever? But, um, yeah, if you want to do tweet the stills, you can tweet a still of Patrick Mahomes with both feet out of yeah. bounds oh, and yeah. Osai making contact well after the fact. Now, the other thing with that is that CBS was – lingering showing him crying on the sideline yeah. after the game and I felt awful for him because it was a terrible mistake um, it certainly wasn't the only mistake the Bengals made in the game so he shouldn't get all the blame for it but um, that's a really just awful way for your season to end and so I feel and he's he's hurt too now he yeah. hurt his knee yeah hyperextended his so. knee and I get it but you know Ugh. that's what we all sign up for though Jess I mean right. you know the cameras are there you yeah. know you can be the hero and you know you can be the goat so that that's just that's just the way it goes. Goat, um, goat means goat means greatest of all time now. Yes. Yeah. You, oh, that's true. You, you meant the scapegoat. I meant you could be this. Yeah, the the, mm. the, the goat, the, the the person that does the bat. That that I'm that just has to, a 15 I'm just trying to penalty. keep you with the parlance of the young kids. But you're right. I mean, they are deciding. I mean, now it's a 60 yarder. They may try the field goal, but there's a lot less shot of you making the 60 yarder in the, in the uh, swirling winds that were going on down there and how cold it was. So it, it probably would have gone to overtime. And then we would have seen the new overtime rules for the yeah. postseason where <laughs> no matter what happened on the first drive, even a touchdown, the other team gets the ball as well. And, you know, a lot came out of that. You saw B.J. Hill, the defensive tackle, standing with Joseph Asai, who was answering all the questions in the yeah. locker room. But B.J. Hill was protecting him, and, and if somebody asked something he didn't like, B.J. Hill would be like, that's a dumb question. Next, another question. <laughs> and So I think, you know what, while as a media member you probably aren't digging that, but as a former player I'm digging the fact yeah. that a teammate's sticking up for another. And we, we, the, what else went viral is a size teammate, Jermaine Pratt, going in the locker room after the game screaming, why would you touch the effing quarterback? And he even came out and said, I was wrong for doing that. I was in the moment. I wasn't a good teammate. And, you know, it was a bad mistake. Joseph Asai, no one feels worse than Asai, okay? Yeah, right. And even Zach Taylor said to him, listen, and it's true. There are other plays that had an effect on that game. You know, they always say there's five, six, seven, eight plays that have an effect on the game. That one just happened to be right at the end when it would put them in field goal range, so it's the most blatant one that we yeah. see. But there are other plays that go on during the game, so – that you could have made so you weren't in that position. So uh, th I mean, this guy. It happens. I, it, yeah. it brought me flashbacks of a Notre Dame-Stanford game at the end of the season that Notre Dame was basically a minute away from making the playoff and 
uh, got called on a, a defensive penalty, and then Stanford was able to kick a game-winning field goal with like one second right. left. It happened in 2015. It ha- it's happened to every team before. Um, but there's, like you said, there's other plays in the game that mattered. If the Bengals really want to be upset, look to the amount of pressure the Chiefs were able to put on their offensive line. And I know they've battled injuries, but I think that was the difference maker. And that was the thing people were looking for before the game started. How was the Bengals offensive line going to protect Joe Burrow and keep the pocket clean? And uh, Chris Jones had a monster game. Frank Clark had two sacks. Uh, The Chiefs just like they ate that offensive line up. Um, And I thought that that was a, a bigger difference maker than the call at the end of the game was. Yeah. Listen, I mean, and, and we, they dealt with that line last year, right? I yeah. mean, they dealt with the, with the same thing last year. Burrow was the most sacked quarterback going into the playoffs. Then I think it was against Tennessee. He got sacked nine or ten times. And then certainly in the Super Bowl, he got knocked around. So, I mean, that and, and they, they revamped their line uh, to, to the point of – and even he was sacked 13 times in the first two games of the regular season this year. And then there was probably the last – handful or so of the games where he never got sacked more than twice. He got sacked five times against Kansas City. Well, remember, Kansas City was second to Philadelphia in sacks for the season. And now you have the top two sacking teams matched up in the playoffs, which we'll get to. I mean, that was that was incredible. Plus, we have next week to talk about the Super Bowl as well. But I can't wait. This truly is going to be a game decided by the lines of scrimmage. And I can't wait to get in and talk about that. Um, so the Chiefs get the win, 23-20 in that one. That was the better game, even though there was some officiating in there that we were like, oh, my God, kind of shaking our head at. But it was definitely the better game because that NFC game, you know, San yeah. Francisco going to Philadelphia, we were all waiting. Could Brock Purdy be the first rookie to ever be a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl? I think there have been four others that had played in the uh, in their respective championship game. Nobody ever made it to Super Bowl. And you could see on that hit he got, Jess, when he took that shot as his arm's going forward, you know, right, right in the forearm, that really put all the stress on the elbow. And as we found out, he basically has, you know, what the pitchers get in, in Major League Baseball and is probably going to need Tommy John surgery. Either way, he's going to be out for about six months. Yeah, I felt terrible for him because this was like his moment, right? Everyone had been waiting to see him on the road against the Eagles. Is is this rookie quarterback who's led the 49ers to the NFC Championship for real? Can he pull it off? And then he got hurt, which is the worst possible way to, you know, gauge anything from from the 49ers after that or from Brock Purdy. Um, and then Josh Johnson, who's been on, I think, 23 23- it's professional football teams, including the 49ers several times, <laughs> yes. came in and then he got hurt and then Purdy came back in and I feel bad for him. I mean, I know like the, the, the now the NFL topic du jour is who's going to be their starting quarterback next season, which I guess we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, after the season with uh, any free agents or, uh, you know, Tom Brady or oh, yeah, trading we'll, Jimmy G we'll, we'll or whatever. Definitely chat but about that. We'll, yeah. we'll get to all of that. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a bummer because I did really want to see both of these teams battle it out at full strength. And, unfortunately, the Eagles didn't really have to do much. I mean, they, they barely had to throw the ball. They, they won easily, and, and that was that. Yeah, and the one thing that's interesting about it is in that game, Jalen Hurts still didn't look great. So you have Jalen Hurts coming into the Super Bowl with the shoulder, and you have Mahomes coming into the Super Bowl with the ankle that you saw he kind of, you know, tweaked up a little bit in that one. So at least they both 
have two weeks uh, to kind of recover from that, which which is good. Uh, they'll be able to, 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 to get a couple and weeks of rehab in. Mahomes, by the way, playing on one ankle, had 326 yards, two touchdowns. He was 29 for 43. He scrambled at the end of the game with that play we were just talking about to get the first down and to set up the game-winning field goal. He played incredibly with one working ankle, and yeah. I was extremely impressed by him. Uh, it was just watching him play and knowing he was hurt and that you still trusted him to have the ball, minus the one weird fumble. But Yeah, right. You know, that, I think that was him not being full strength and, and not being able to really have all of his weapons. Um, other than that, he played really, really well. He did, and you mentioned other weapons. Three of their receivers got hurt yeah. in that game. Now it looks like they'll all be back for the Super Bowl because you'd like everybody to be at full strength. And that fumble, man, I thought when he reached in with his right arm, Jess, everybody fell on it. I thought, oh, my God, this dude has got a yeah. bad ankle. He just got, got his shoulder wrenched in there. But, uh, yeah, he came out of it looking um, look, look, looking, looking great. Uh, he really did. And – for the Eagles, yeah, Jalen Hurts didn't play a great game, but they're, as I said, going into the championship weekend, the two most complete teams are in the NFC. The better quarterbacks are in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And now you would say the same here. Mahomes is a better quarterback. Jalen Hurts had a monster year. But Mahomes is a better quarterback. But overall, I think, going into this, I, I'd say Philadelphia is the more complete team. We'll see what happens uh, in the game. And we'll, like I said, we'll have time to talk about that next week. But you know, it's a shame because I was really looking for a monster game there uh, in with that San Francisco Eagles game, especially with Brock Purdy. But let me just do this real quick for you. Because mm-hmm. we mentioned Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson got drafted in 2008 in the fifth round by Tampa Bay. This is Josh Johnson's road since he got in the NFL. Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Sacramento Mountain Lions, Cleveland Browns, Bengals, 49ers, Bengals, Jets, Colts, Bills, Ravens, Giants, Texans, Raiders, Redskins, the San Diego Fleet, Detroit Lions, the Los Angeles Wildcats, the 49ers, the Jets, the Ravens, the Broncos, and now the 49ers. And in 2020, he was the XFL passer rating leader. I mean... It has been on his his basement. I hope he kept a jersey from Every each team. Every single jersey. Can you imagine how <laughs> cool that would look? That would be. Uh, I don't think anyone would have the wall space for that. And in all that time, all that time, his career NFL stats: he has 13 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. He's passed for all of 2,200 yards, and rushed for 425 <laughs> in all that time. God love him. God love yeah. him still there doing his thing. So, like I said, we, we got Super Bowl to talk about uh, next week. I'm very intrigued by the matchup. We'll really get into some breakdowns when we're all out here in Arizona. But now I'm hearing, you know, the, the talk, just going into the offseason is what you do now is you start to put a bow on the right. other teams whose season have ended. We still have time to talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles. And the main talk is San Francisco. So you got Trey Lance, who's already had two surgeries. You got Garoppolo, who's an un, who'll be a free agent and can't be um, tagged. So someone's going to throw a bag of money at him. So he will not be back in San Francisco I, unless they can't get another quarterback. Brock Purdy is now out for at least six months. Mm-hmm. It sounds like whether he has a surgery or not, the rehab is going to take that long. So 
What do you do? If and the scenario would be with Tom Brady, you could sign him. With Aaron Rodgers, you'd have to trade for him mm-hmm. and pay a bunch of money and give up assets. First, let's say the playing field was even. Would you rather have Brady for the next couple of years or Rodgers for the next couple of years? And Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are out of the equation. Well, I, I well listen. If they bring in Brady or Rodgers, that that's who's quarterback right. in the team. And okay, the good so thing just is, of Brady or Rodgers. Yes, then. the good thing is. So, in, in to keep going with this, they can actually keep Trey Lance and Brock Purdy because both of their salaries together on rookie deals right. is not an issue at all. Brock so, Purdy was making like no nine hundred some thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> For an NFL so, quarterback. So on say. an even playing field for getting assets and money, which of those two quarterbacks would you rather have for the next two years? I think you'd rather have Tom Brady. I would rather have Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yes. I would okay. rather Aaron can move a little more still. He's obviously a little, little younger. A lot Unbelie- younger. That's a lot true. younger. Unbelievably <laughs> accurate. They both, I think, would be excellent. Uh, but I would, I would go with Rodgers. Now, the biggest difference is Brady has never asked for an exorbitant amount of money, right? Yeah. And these starting quarterbacks are getting forty mil a year. Who knows if Brady would even want that or ask for that? You know, because he likes to. He, he's in this for the Super Bowl. You know, so he knows he needs players around him. And and I'm not disparaging on anybody who wants the money. If you want to go get all that money, go get it. It's up to the team to figure out the cap. Mm-hmm. But we know Rodgers is getting that money. He is owed a lot of money, and you would have to trade for him. So now you're paying a shitload of money, but you don't have a lot of money invested in your quarterbacks now anyway. And you're going to have to give up assets, of which they don't have a I – don't, I don't think they have a first, second, or third rounder this year. So it would be future – number one, number two, whatever it's going to be. So now giving up the assets, I wonder if if it makes it better to say, yeah, I'd rather take Brady and not have to give up all those assets. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Brady had more attempts this past attempts this year. He had more yards. He had about the same number of touchdowns and fewer interceptions. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers, he is more mobile, whereas Tom Brady is not moving well at all. Um, I think – from what I from the reading the tea leaves, it seems like people are really high on Aaron Rodgers going to uh, the Jets now. Yes. That they have yeah. Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, which, by the way, was oh. the Broncos' hope last season, and then he did not go to Denver, and then they traded for Russell Wilson, and yes, now they're exactly. in cap hell for a few years. So, and, and and the Jets too, real quickly, are getting destroyed for hiring Nathaniel Hackett, who. I saw Mina Kimes put out a bunch of stats. She's incredible. Put out a bunch of stats on just how mediocre the offenses were (laughs) where Nathaniel Hackett has been before being a head coach. That they never rated very high at all. So a lot of people kind of scratching their heads. And Robert Sala is saying the right thing. You made the hire. It's like, hey, don't judge someone how they can be a coordinator about how they were as a head coach. It's a different ballgame, which it is. But he didn't seem to have a very good track record as an OC either. Right. I mean, no matter who you prefer, if if Rodgers and Brady are both interested in the 49ers, which I think Brady is the one being more linked to the 49ers, they're both still performing incredibly well for their respective ages. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know. I think if you're the 49ers, you 
probably don't feel great about the fact that both guys you have on rookie deals now are going to be coming off of major surgeries. Yes. Um, It's not like, you know, a little meniscus tear or anything like that. Like the UCL injury is serious. And I don't really know even if, say the 49ers lost on Sunday and Brock Purdy had a a normal stat line and and nothing spectacular happened. I don't even know if they would want him to start next season. Say, yeah, he's our guy. right? Probably not. Right, because you have a team that is ready to go. I mean, so ready for the next couple of years. Their window is open. And even with Brady, it it seems to me, just thinking more about it, he'll cost you much less from assets to money. And in this offense, you don't need him to be too mobile. He's got so many weapons to get the ball to. Which is interesting because... Trey Lance is the opposite type of quarterback from yeah. from that. So you're going if if one of them gets hurt, if you say you keep Lance, you trade Purdy, or you keep Purdy, he's your right. third string, and you have Tom Brady, whatever combination of quarterbacks you have, because like you said, Purdy's pretty cheap to keep around. Um, Brady gets hurt, then your backup is a, a running quarterback. Does that screw things up? Do you want yeah. the same type of quarterback in your system? Are you uh, a Offensive coordinator Wonderkins who thinks it doesn't matter and you can kind of plug anyone in and go, which I don't know, Mike. I I don't – I think last week I said I thought Brady would stay in Tampa. This week it seems like all the all this NFL insiders are high on him going elsewhere. So I don't know where else. Well, I think the, I think the Raiders are the only other place that I've, I've heard people, right. you know – talking about him potentially going to, but then you're in a, a pretty difficult division. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. If I'm a quarterback, I mean, I'd rather be in the NFC, right? You'd rather I mean, be in the NFC South. They just made the playoffs with a yeah, losing record. With a losing record. You'd rather record. stay put, I think. But I, you know, even going to San Francisco, I mean, the Rams had a down year. Let's see how they come back. Seattle had a better year than we thought off of Geno Smith. Arizona is kind of lost right now. So that's still not a bad division to be in. And well, I think, let me ask you this. If Brady did play for the 49ers, would he be the best quarterback in that division? Yes. Kyler Murray. Like, by far, right? Kyler Murray, uh, Geno Smith, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I, I would say if you had a choice yeah. there, you'd take Tom Brady. I mean, I, I will say Geno Smith did very he had, well. He had an excellent year. Listen, you can take <laughs> nothing away from a guy who basically we didn't think much of. We thought they were rebuilding. He gave us all, you know, the finger, basically. You know, yeah. uh, figuratively, he gave it to us. And, and he was right to because he had, he had a monster year. But, yes, Tom or Aaron would, I think, automatically be the best quarterback. Yeah. I don't think yeah, you could say the same division. for the AFC West. I think No, the, no, I agree with that. And that's why I think going to the AFC, these quarterbacks, I think it would be tough. I think I think that the, the gem spot right now, if you're Rodgers and Brady, is San Francisco. Because their window is open for a couple of more years. You probably got a couple of more years, even though with Brady, it seems wild to say. A couple of more years would be he's playing at 47, which is yeah. a joke, which is crazy. But you give up so much less to get him uh, than you would for Aaron Rodgers, even though Aaron Rodgers is a number of years younger. That's, that's going to be the interesting thing in the offseason. But, yeah, the AFC is tough uh, because of all the competition there. The NFC, I think, is definitely the place to be. I would see Aaron staying in Green Bay way more than I would see Tom staying in Tampa. Wouldn't you agree? Because even though 
Tampa could probably win that division and make the playoffs. It's not about making the playoffs for Tom. It is Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. And this Tampa Bay team is not making the Super Bowl. I mean, now they, they've been stealing from Peter to pay Paul. they got to pay a few players yeah. or let them go. This team is going to be different. So I, I, don't, I, I still think San Francisco and Philly are the two top teams in that conference right now. And San Francisco, I don't think there's any doubt, is looking for a quarterback right now. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it totally depends on whatever his motivations are. If it's just to win another Super Bowl, which for a lot of quarterbacks it is, but not necessarily always, um, San Francisco seems like the best bet. I'm with you on that. All right, so we got Super Bowl next week. We'll, we'll get into the game some next week uh, when we will all be uh, here in Arizona. Jess, is there anybody when you go to the Super Bowls that you want to meet that you – like, are there stars out there, whether in sports hmm. or in entertainment, that, that you have met, that you've been like, oh, wow, this is really cool, or, or want to meet? Is, is that happen? That's a good question. Um, you know, anytime I run into, like, a former Notre Dame player that I watched growing up, I get, I get pretty giddy. Or, like, a former Steelers player. Like, if I saw, like, Jerome Bettis, who was both in person, right. I'd, be, I'd be pretty ec- ecstatic about that. Or if I saw, like you know, Mike Tomlin walking around. I, I think I would get a little starstruck. There were a couple of years while Juju Smith-Schuster was on the Steelers that I tried really hard to track him down and get him to do interviews with us. Didn't happen, never worked. But usually I look for, for those types of people. I'm more on the entertainment side. Now, there was a player that I met a number of Super Bowls ago Growing up in Cleveland, I always liked the Browns, but unfortunately they didn't win. So if I was looking to root for a team going into the playoffs, then I, I was a big Oakland Raider, Kenny Stabler, you know, and that whole crew yeah, wow. fan. Okay. But I'd root for the Browns. And one of my favorite players was Leroy Kelly, the running back. And you probably don't know who he is. It was years ago. Let's but see. man, Leroy when I was growing Kelly. Yeah, when I was growing up, it was Leroy Kelly, man. And I'll be damned that some I was Born out to in nineteen forty two. Yeah, it's Go been a while. Yeah. yeah. So I was out at dinner one time um, at a Super Bowl and passed some other guys that I had known, former players, and stopped to talk. And I look, and there was Leroy Kelly. And I introduced myself, and I, that was like, wow, that was a really cool thing for me because that was kind of my childhood watching him. Uh, so that was neat. He was very, very nice, which was very cool. Other than that, it's been more entertainers. Like, like at this one, I'm going to an event. It's a small event that Blake Shelton is performing. So oh, okay. I'd imagine I'll get a chance to meet him because I'm big into country, met a lot of the country guys, uh, men and women. I have not met Blake Shelton. So uh, Chris and I, were going to go to this event and uh, Blake's performing. So I, I, look, I look forward to meeting like those types of people and, and also being right on the field because I'm working the sideline for Westwood One. Humble uh, me, brag. Me, yeah, I know. Me and Laura Oakman will be on the sideline and Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner will be in the booth. So last year, I was on the sideline for that. First, remember when The Rock did that thing on the field? Yes, I do remember. And, and when he was coming off the field, we ended up chatting for a couple of minutes. So that was cool because, wow. man, years ago, he would come in studio to ESPN to come on Mike and Mike. You I guys mean, are years, old friends. Yeah, yeah yes, we're, we're old friends, and I try and make sure everybody knows that. And, um, and then I got to be right there for the halftime show, you know, with Jay-Z and Eminem. And, I mean, it was incredible and this year Rihanna so I get to be right Mm -hmm. down there and I just looked at like all the stars who will probably be on the field before the game where I'm going to be for Kansas City uh Paul Rudd 
Eric Stone Street for Modern Family is a, mm-hmm. a Rob Riggle. These are these are uh, Kansas City guys. I know there's other others, and then obviously in Philadelphia, Bradley Cooper, yeah. um, uh, Miles. I forgot his first name. Um, he was in Maverick. Uh, Miles Teller. Pilots. Miles Teller. Yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. Miles is his first name. Miles Teller. All, yes. The Always Sunny Gang is usually yeah. around there too. Yes. Yes. So I do. Oh yeah. I feel like you are someone that people want to meet when they go to the Super Bowl. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Really? That's nice of you to say, but I don't know. I mean, if like, I... my dad would be really excited to meet you. Well, that, that makes has, one. But yeah, I know. Yeah. You, you, There's a lot you, of people like my dad out there. Your dad and I are, are, are like old friends now. Uh, <laughs> but Oh, God. He would be blushing if he heard that, which he it, probably will. It is a ball. I look forward to being on the field for the game just to see what, what stars are kind of running. I got to get me a selfie with Bradley Cooper. All right. Well, I yeah, I appreciated all the name drops. I will probably be meeting none of those people. The (laughs) most famous person I will probably see will be your son and and you, I guess. Well, that's a that's a shitty week for you then. (laughs) But yeah, if you if you meet anyone famous and you have an extra ticket to any uh, events, you know you you know what number to call me. I know where to go. You'll get it before Stugatz. That's for sure. That's that's all yeah. I can ask for, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't so, embarrass you. So no, no, that that is very true. <laughs> I never worry about that. Whatever stews with me, I worry whoever we're talking to may never talk to me again. You know, he's gonna ask Blake Shelton to like perform at his you know daughter's wedding someday, or ask would, him to do something for him. And I yeah. would walk away from Blake Shelton and Stu if they started talking. I would walk away <laughs> without question. All right, so next week, we're here. We're together for the entire week. We'll be down at Radio Row doing a bunch of stuff as well. We'll get into way more of the breakdown uh, of the Super Bowl. So what, what Super Bowl, do you know what Super Bowl number this is for you, Jess? Like wh- how many I've, yeah. I've att- been to? Uh, been for the week, Super Bowl week and such. Four. This is my fourth one. Four. Okay. Yeah. This is All your right. second? This is the second Third? I'm working. This is, as far as being at a Super Bowl, this is my 27th. Okay, Something second like you're working, though. Second my working. I always left on right. Saturday. I never stayed for the game, even though, you know, ESPN would occasionally ask, you want to be credentialed? And, right. and I'm like, no. And it's like, that. I don't want to deal with the airport on Monday no, morning. No, do not. But working the game, being on the sideline, <laughs> right. actually being part of the broadcast team, I, I, there's no way I'm not, not I'm turning that down. So, I mean, that's, I, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very cool. So, so that'll be next week. We, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, all from Arizona. Um, and I know Jess, we're get, we got a couple things planned that maybe we'll have yes, some fun to do. talk about uh, awesome. as well. And if nothing else, you and I will team up to go against other people. We'll be the sorest effing winners you've ever heard. Ah, hell yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.